Yo, what is going on, you guys? This is Brandon. And this is Blake. And we are back at it like a bad habit, like an itch you just can't scratch, like a button you just can't press. We're the Sticky Buttons Podcast. We're a pretty chill video game podcast where we talk about the games we love. And Brandon, dude, I'm just so excited to be here today with you. And dude, let's just jump right into it, man. Do you want to take it away? Yeah, let's go. Talking about going back into things. Man, I got back into Pokemon Pearl. Oh, yeah? I went back into it. I you know, I really wanted to defeat Cynthia, so I decided to adventure around Sinnoh, look around, try to re-familiarize myself with Sinnoh. I've been looking for the Battle Cafe, so, you know, where, where you can, like, fight trainers every day, so I can get oh, some I didn't even know you could do there. that. I Is just, that in the main game, or do you have to beat Cynthia for that? You know, I think that's in the main game. I just don't know where to find it. Oh, man, I didn't even know you could do that, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I've been, like, thinking about restarting the game, but then I'm like, no, I should, I'd rather just buy Pokemon Diamond and try to beat it there and then trade over. Yeah. But actually, I don't know. I, I think I can just train train up in the grass. It's just so tedious. to. No, dude, you know what you should do? You should train in the underground because that, that scales with you. Oh. In the grand underground, there's, like, caverns. Yeah, they, they like scale with you. So like just fighting the wild Pokemon in that, you're going to like, it's going to level you up so much faster and you will probably like be able to chip away at the Pokedex and you might even catch a, a rare Pokemon, like a 1% spawn. Definitely got to go down there to the Grand Underground. Man, that was that's, actually, that's that was a really sick feature. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that too. I caught a lot of really, really cool Pokemon there. And actually a couple Pokemon on my team came from Grand Underground. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I would really like to hop back into that. I truly, I really like what they did with that art style. Yeah. I thought it was just so fun to just jump back into it, man. And we were so excited for that title specifically because mm-hmm. that, you know, the Sinnoh region just had a special place. Yeah, I think it had a special place in, for both of us. You know, I mean, I remember you telling me that you just play it so much as a kid. And I mean, I played this, I like picked this one up after my first one, my Gen 3. And dude, I just loved playing that again. Like it was just such a, like, because I didn't know they were ever going to make another one, you know, because I was just a kid when I experienced it. So it was very special for me as well. And I think they did great in the remakes. They definitely did do it. You know, they respected a lot of that game that we loved. You know, as far as like the art style, as far as the just the gameplay too. Yeah. I mean, they respected it, but they also like did enough to make it work in today's day and age, you know, because Pokemon's come a long way. And I think that Grand Underground's a really cool, a really cool start to that. I haven't really played much of the end game though. And that's something that I'd like to go back and, and do. Me too. I want to I wanna get there. And thanks for that tip on the Grand Underground. I'm actually excited. I can't believe I didn't think of that before. Yeah, and it's fun too, because if you play on, I don't know if you know this, but if you play online, do you know where you can collect the dittos? Yeah. So have you ever gotten to where it's like the full ditto bar? I have. You get like a special. Yeah, it says something item. special will happen in the Grand Underground. And you know when you can like mine in the walls? Yeah. Well, as soon as like that whistle blows and it's like something special will happen in the grand underground, you should enter either like just be mindful of when that is and just like enter and exit one of the grand underground taverns until you see on the mini map, like a lot of those places where you can mine. Because during the time that that's something special will happen, if you go into the mine, every single one of them will have one of those like boxes Like, what is it like the statue boxes, but they will be of the shiny status of those boxes, which is just the, I guess it's like the highest tier of these boxes. So, and there's one in every mining spot. So you can, but like, they don't reset until you like come out of a, like out of a cave. So like, if you're at like 39 or like 38 of those videos, I think there's 40. You just like, you should go into one of those caves until you can see the mining things and then should be able to get some of those statues. But if you have enough of the statues, it also gives you another chance at a shiny roll. So like the way that the shiny works, and I think it's one in 8,000 to get a shiny Pokemon, but it gives you two. So it's two in 8,000. So it's like one in 4,000, really. Yeah, well, that's still very likely. Yeah. And for the amount of training that I need to do, Blake, 
I think I might just run into a shiny or two because, man, Cynthia is something else, dude. Yeah, she's very hard, man. I really struggled with her. She has max EVs. Like, why did they do that to her? (laughs) I don't know, man. She's tough, but I don't know. It's kind of cool because, you know, with a lot of these these games like as an adult like you don't really have to think as much about how to progress and how to win a battle but i really like truthfully i had to in order to be her i had to like completely i had to like change out the specific order of my pokemon to like to where it would be ideal to face her pokemon and then i had to also like make sure that i had different items that would help me get certain moves to work better Like, I think I had to, I don't remember what her first Pokemon was, but I think I had to make it so, like, it was my Kranidos that would fight her first. And I think I had to give him an item to where, like, one of the moves, like, gained more accuracy. Because it's like, if that move missed, that whole tried for me to beat, it was over, yeah. Yeah, and it definitely makes you think, like, as a trainer, Mm -hmm. my Pokemon, did I officially train my Pokemon and then... I think it's an introduction to a competitive scene. If, you know, if you do some research, you might figure out like, well, there are Pokemon that it's the same Pokemon as my Pokemon, but it's a lot more effective because mm-hmm. it's like, because of evil. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of a really interesting way thing about that whole Cynthia battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really cool, man. I think it's awesome because I mean, we didn't, I mean, I don't know about you, but I personally didn't really learn about, EV training until we started this podcast. So that was awesome for me to learn about. And we had a special guest, but you know, the, the audio just didn't really work out. So I'd love to have them back and you know, Hey, there's a new gen coming out with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So I'm curious to see what the Pokemon professor is up to there. I know he's definitely, he's definitely exploring. Yeah. That'd be awesome to have him on for that. So maybe we'll, we'll try and do that in season three here. Pretty good special guest. Season three. But let's go into one of your games, Blake. What have you been Oh, my gosh, dude. First off, I've been playing some great games, Brandon. (laughs) There's a lot of great games out right now. And it's always fun to play something new. So the first thing I want to talk about today is a DLC that released for a game that came out this year. Okay. And I talked about it a bunch at the beginning of the years. I think this game came out in February. And it's Ali Ali World. Do you remember me telling you about this game? I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, I absolutely loved that game. Like I loved Ollie, Ollie World and they released a DLC called Void Runners. Yeah. So Void Runners and oh my gosh, I'm, I was just so excited, man. I'm so, ex- was so excited to just jump back into a game that I loved and a title that I really enjoyed. And it's just so exciting to return to Ollie, Ollie World and to begin to play this DLC. And I hadn't really played in a while, but I jumped back in and I found I was able to just keep on going pretty much at the same pace that I was going. And I actually, there was something that I was really struggling with when I put the game down. There was this really sick crystal board, like skateboard that I wanted to skate on and I just couldn't unlock it. And that's the first thing that I did is I went and beat that so I could start this DLC, the Void Runners with this dope crystal skateboard. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's it's really fun. And it's awesome that like just me picking it up again to buy the DLC, I like had so much fun just getting back into it. So I just think that just like it just speaks volume to the game, man. I think it's I mean, I'm about to go into it a little bit more, but obviously I think super highly of this game and I really like it. But I want to set some context or some context before I tell you about this DLC. So in the base game. There's this character called Mike, and he's one of your crew. And as you're going around Radlandia, he's like a total character, and he ends up being like a huge personality and one of my favorite characters in the game. And he has a radio show. He has a skate magazine. He loves ice cream and is obsessed with aliens and conspiracy theories. And he's just like so into these conspiracy theories in like a cute novel way. And it's just awesome. And like, he's just always like out searching for extraterrestrials and he'll like say, Oh, I'm about to go like search for some extraterrestrials. And in the base game, you actually do see some aliens. And it just so happens that Mike was following along (laughs) 
this like conspiracy theory route. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, I read in this conspiracy theory magazine that if we go take this route over here, we'll be able to see some aliens. And it's like a branching path that you can end up doing both of these. But basically it's like you and this current skate wizard who is Chevron, like you and Chevron go and you guys do this like cool, like skate route and you end up seeing an alien and Chevron's kind of like, cause she's a skate wizard. She's like, everyone has to follow their own path. Like, I think you say something like, oh, I wish Mike was here to see the aliens, but she's like, everyone's got to follow their own path. <laughs> so, so anyways, that's just like the context from the main game. So basically with this, this DLC, it's called Void Runners. And <laughs> what's new is that basically, I guess to like set the context of what's going on, like in the story is you're the new skate wizard, you know, obviously you're the new skate wizard and you come across these beings that are obviously aliens and you talk to them and they say that since you're the new skate wizard and your skate wizard magic is kind of similar to their tractor beam technology that you should skate a route and go through their tractor beam to see what happens and it sounds kind of like a trap you know but you're in radlandia you know you're going skating so you say how could you say no to a challenge and that's the tutorial for the dlc and you basically do like a 2D skateboarding route with a bunch of tricks and jumps. And in it, they have their like cartoony alien spaceship and they have a tractor beam and you jump into the tractor beam. And it's really cool because it introduces a new mechanic, but it's like very seamless because it kind of iterates on a mechanic that's already in the game. So when you do a trick, you do that with your left joystick. You can do like a flick, like if you flick up, that's an ollie. You can also flick down. That's another trick, like flick at a different angle. That's another trick. And you can later on, you can do other things like you can flick and then rotate 45 degrees, 90 yeah. degrees, 180 degrees, 360. You can do 360, go back 45, 90, 180. So there's like a huge, a huge skill ceiling. And like, it's just so fun because you can, there's just so many tricks that you can do. It's very fun and easy. But on, you don't really do, in the base game, you don't really do too much with the right joystick. And when you hit it, you have to do it when you're in the air and it gives you a grab. And basically the grab, it's just like a way to add to your combos and to do more tricks, right? And when you're in the tractor beam, you do a grab on which is on the right stick. It show it like you go in the direction that you're pointing on the joystick. So it's like super seamless it iterates on like a mechanic that's already in the game. And it's just so easy to go from, okay, I'm just playing Ollie Ollie world to now, oh, I'm in a tractor beam. I have to like hold up. So like I do a grab upwards and then I get like shot out of this tractor beam. So That's what happens. You just get like propelled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, you actually, you carry your same momentum, but it, you kind of like float through the tractor beam, but you can manipulate your path in it. And it's really awesome. It works really well. And I just love that it's like so simple, but it just makes sense. And one of the challenges that you can do to like that, it's like an early on challenge that they kind of use to explain what's going on. Or I guess like, it's not really to explain, like you're through the tutorial at this point, but like you're just doing some challenges and you're playing around with this. And there's this one level where it's kind of like, it's kind of set up in a, like a U-pipe but there's like this huge tractor beam in the middle and they're like beaming up different objects. So basically you have to take a jump and then you're in this long tractor beam and you have to collect, you have to save a farmer's cows that these aliens are abducting because their leader loves cows for whatever reason. It's kind of, we're assuming it's nefarious, but it could be innocent. And you have to like navigate through this long tractor beam and save these cows that are being beamed up. That's funny. And it's really awesome because you can, I know, I know, but you can do like so many tricks inside the, like you can do like, room. yeah. And you can like rotate and just do so much, so much stuff. And now here's the thing. Here's the thing about it, Brandon. And it, it's hilarious. It, it really, truly, like I have been laughing out loud this whole time because these aliens are obsessed with Mike. It's just so crazy because he, he has like this radio show and the aliens heard his radio show and they loved it. And they don't even call you like human. They're, 
they call you a mic bee. And <laughs> so every time they talk to you, they address you as Mike Bean. And there's three aliens. And two out of the three aliens think that Mike is a fictional character. And then one of them believes in conspiracies from their alien planet. And he thinks that Mike is actually a real being. So they're like on a quest to find Mike and Mike's on a quest to find extraterrestrials. And Mike is kind of a fictional character, but he's also real. And it's, it's just like, they make so many jokes about it, Brandon. And I got to tell you, that's meta. <laughs> Dude, Ollie Ollie World, you kind of, kind of sold me on the game, man. Like I really need to go buy this title. I hey. might just go, cause I've been shopping nintendo switch games at my local retailer mm-hmm. and i gotta see if they have a physical copy of all the well this is what i'll say i normally do like to to promote physical editions of games that you really love like i've got some great physical editions of games like i buy every pokemon game physical i would buy this one digital it doesn't take up too much space and basically what that allows you to have is like it's just with you wherever your switch is And I had a long commute this past week and I played it on the train and it was awesome. And it's, I do think that it's better to play with the controller on the TV, but just because like the joystick you use, both the joysticks and the triggers, like kind of simultaneously and on the switch, it's a little bit more challenging because your hands are, yeah, your hands are spread out. But I actually did that really hard challenge that I had been really struggling with in handheld mode. So it doesn't really hinder you too much. And it's, it is fun to have like that fun vibe with you when you're on the go. And a lot of the levels are very small and short. So I would actually say, get this one digital because then you can just have it with you on the go wherever, and you don't have to worry about it. I guess another example of a game that I do have the physical cartridge for, but I wish I would have had the digital just like put it in context is Mario Kart. I feel like people play Mario Kart all the time. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a great thing to just pull out if you're with a, somebody that doesn't play a lot or, like, if you're with family, like, pretty much anybody. That's what I did. That's what I did with Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Yeah, so this is definitely one of those games. And, oh, man, it's just so fun, man. I think it's awesome that just, like, with the DLC, they introduce a new mechanic, and it's just a seamless evolution of the mechanics. And that's something that, like, happens throughout the game. I want to say, Brandon, it's done masterfully. Like you truly start out with, you can only do one trick and like, well, you can do all of the tricks at once, but they introduce them to you in tutorials throughout the whole game. So like, if you already know how to play Ali Ali World, you can just jump in and do everything from the start, but they have tutorials spaced out throughout the whole game that like give you more and more things they to teach do. you. And would you say it's like very intuitive? Like you don't like, ever feel like it's a lot of steps? No, no, no. This is by far the easiest skateboarding game because like I said, you can get through it by just a flick of the joystick. But if you want to get more into it, you can do a 45 degree rotation starting at any of six points. So like if I start with the joystick at the top and go 45 degrees to the right, that's one trick. If I start at the top, like it's pointed at the top and I go from the top to the bottom, that's another trick. But if I start at the bottom and go to the top, that's another trick. Or if I start at the bottom and go to the right or the left, 90 How many degrees, possible combinations is there at any given time? There are so many because I'll, I'll constantly, like I was playing this past time and like every time you do a new trick, it says a new. And I was just like doing all these combos and I just like ended up doing a combination I had never done before. And I've played like 20 hours of this game. Do you ever just like flick away? Like just go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm just like, whatever, like I just, whatever happens, happens. I personally really like the kickflip. I think it's satisfying because like the kickflip is just like, you actually just flick it one direction. And I think that's fun. So actually the way it works is like, if I want to do like a more complicated kickflip, I flick it in that direction and then rotate it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's seriously like, it's so easy for anybody to pick up, but it has a really high skill ceiling. So like you can also, after you get a little bit in the store, you can unlock these online plays. And I try to compete because there's a couple things that I want to unlock and I have to like 
get further in the online play to unlock these items. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there because I'm hoping that they reward you with time and not getting some, some crazy score because like I did, I did a challenge online. So like they actually, the challenges online are really cool. Cause like you get in and it only, you get put into a lobby and that lobby lasts for 24 hours and you have a very specific, it's like a new map, like a new route with like new jumps and it's only live for 24 hours. You have like 24 hours to get the best score you can. And sometimes like I'll try it three or four times, try and get the best score I can and be like the person that's in first has like four times my score. But like, there are also people that are like, like I'm, I'm very much in the middle and I'll, you know, like I was at the point where I could only do, I could only make it to like eight or ninth. And I just, you don't get better, but like you do learn how to play the game better. So, but yeah, I just think it's awesome. I, I mean, like in my opinion, this is the best 2D skate game to ever exist. I think the art style is fantastic. It's so fun. You should absolutely get it, Brandon, because then you'd be able to see my scores and we could compete. So like, it's because we're friends on Switch, if you got it, okay. you would not, like after you got through a level, you would automatically see what my score is and it would just show you. So. Okay, <laughs> I got to get it now. So you might on a couple, man. But yeah, Ollie Ollie World, Void Runners. And you know, what's even better about this, Brandon, there's one more DLC coming later. And I think when you buy one DLC, I think you get them both. I'm not sure. But it's, it's just crazy. There's another DLC coming. And, but wait, there's more, you know? And it's just awesome. I'm super excited for that. And that can all be yours for the small price of like $24.99. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Ali Ali World, baby. Ali Ali World, go get your copy, dude. That's a great title. Skating game. It's so fun, man. I think it reinstated my love for skateboarding games and like skateboarding in general. I I actually have like been looking up like tricks in real life, like just like people doing like sick stuff on like YouTube. I don't know. It's just such a vibe, man. I. Really appreciate it. I picked up a mobile game. I mean, this like style of game, it's just, it's awesome. It's just like you get into the flow state and you're just there to have a good time. It's easy to just like get lost in it. It feels like yeah. you've talked about a lot of games like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, man, the music is good and you, it's like so bite-sized. I think I talked about it originally when I was playing it. I would just play for like 30 minutes before work. And I would, you know, be able to like do one route like five or six times and pretty much unlock everything. So that works really well for me. And that was really fun. So Ali Ali World. What do you have on the slate next, Brandon? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Vanguard recently. There's yeah. a new a new season that came out. It's a Mercenaries of Fortune. That's what it's called. Okay. Season four for Vanguard. I think they're nearing an end as Modern Warfare is is coming out pretty soon. Okay, is that and that's the new game, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Modern Warfare Two. I'm no, pretty excited too, man. The, Modern Warfare Two, yeah. The, I guess like the trailers for it and like the marketing seem really cool. I don't know if I'm gonna get it, man. I think we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. But the last Modern Warfare that they did was my favorite Call of Duty that I've played, but. I don't know, man. I hope they can follow. If they can follow up on that, maybe I'll see where I stand on it. So basically for this map, Shinonuma, yeah. it's a swamp where... Oh, is it like so that one from the... We're, we're revisiting. Yeah, we're revisiting the classic map. And, um, so I loved that map. That was a great map. Such a good map. And we're doing rounds again. It's just like regular rounds. And you have to build the wonder weapon, find the relic. And expose the hidden horror of Cortifex's past. That sounds sick, man. That sounds like kind of sounds like the ones that we played. Was it the one that that we really liked with the? Oh my gosh, they were like the floating people. You know what I'm talking about? The one that was like in Germany, I think. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Any map, man. These zombies games are done so well, and it just makes you think like, how are they making these like so well? And they're barely paying these people, or they're paying them, but they're like. Not treating them the yeah. best. 
Yeah, that's so shitty, man. And that's kind of why I don't really know where I stand with Call of Duty at the moment. Like, I, I didn't buy this one. And that sounds sick, man. When you were talking about that, I was like, man, maybe I should like get this. But I don't know. I feel like I should stay true and, and continue to boycott, even though I, I think I would have really liked Vanguard. I mean, I heard they had, had pretty, pretty mixed reception, but. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't like it, but I, man, I'm loving it. Like, it's the multiplayer is fun. Yeah, it's good. You know, I, I'm glad that they're coming together to make these games now. You know, the mm-hmm. Treyarch and yeah. I mean, really, all I all we can say is that you know, I mean, hopefully that with you know, I mean, it's not finalized yet, but with Microsoft's pending acquisition of, of Activision, that one, you know, the team is more well organized. They have more tools, and that they they actually start treating people better and paying them better as well. You know, I. A lot of things have come out uh, since we talked about it last, but it, it kind of looks like it's on a positive trajectory. You know, bad things still do come out if you're interested. There are plenty of news outlets that report on it, but it kind of seems from from my perspective that it's like trending towards the better. As we just can just hope that this next one's in a good state and the people that are making it are happy and healthy. Uh, but would you say that? you feel that way from a content perspective that this new season is in a like improves on Vanguard to where yeah, it was when it like released. So I'm saying like, I'm so surprised that like these people are pumping out this amazing content, you know, it's, it's good. It's really fun. Like I'm yeah, feeling definitely. like call of duty, like the, how I used to want to binge when I was like a teenager, like I yeah. want to do it, but I just can't. And I'm just like, which makes it even better because now I come back and I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. like, I really want to play zombies like over and over. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really jealous, man. I really wish that I could play zombies. I actually I have a like an old zombies, like the college or was it like the Black Ops 3, like that whole set of zombies. I think you get them with like the PlayStation Plus Essentials. Yeah, that one has like all it has a ton of maps, a ton, a ton yeah. of maps that you can use. Yeah, I've been thinking about jumping into those, but I just feel like they're just not the same. I really like what they've done in, in the last few iterations. Treyarch has really taken over the zombies kind of experience and in a really cool way because now you kind of get those quality of life improvements. You know, it's similar mm-hmm. to Pokemon and like the Pearl remakes. It's like you had to, like the Pearl and Diamond remakes, you, ha- you have to take into account what people are used to and they definitely do that with these zombies games and they just like keep yeah. adding on to them and it's exciting mm-hmm. to see where it's going to be five years from now when it's now let me ask <laughs> let me ask you this man because i remember when it first came out when vanguard first came out they changed up how they did zombies is that is that so that they didn't necessarily do round based anymore and that they had changed it to more yeah. like objective based. I mentioned that I said that like we go back to round based combat because the map right before this, you still play it. It's, it's called Terra Maledita and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's really really cool because you choose your experience, you choose like what kind of challenge you want and if you want to progress or not, if you want to exfil. Exfilling is a really really cool process because you kind of get to like. You got you went to hell, but you can escape hell. And if you is that kind of like how they did it in the last one that we played together, where you just get like hit with this huge swarm and you have like a time frame that you have to like defeat the swarm. Yeah, exactly, but they made it a lot better like this time around because it's not as like hectic. It's just more on like strategy. You just got to be able to work as a team. Okay. And then you think that it them going back to round base like enhances the zombies experience for this specific map yeah because we're just trying to have the nostalgia we're not trying to like you know explore this new game mechanic yeah. on this map precisely and and they knew that you know just speaks to just how well they know the consumers yeah man that sounds really awesome i, I mean i truly i really love that map and that'd be so fun to go back you, to you have to <laughs> did you hear that i have to have to Dude, it's so it's so <laughs> good. I mean, you, I can lend you the title because I have the physical copy, so you can just borrow it and give it back. You know, actually, I bet the it's since it didn't really review well. I bet I could pick up a used physical one for probably not that much. Probably could. A lot of people are sleeping on this title, and I actually see myself playing the zombies 
in the future. I don't know if Modern Warfare is planning to do some zombies things. I, I don't think they are, but, but man, I, I, I wish that they did zombies this. every time. I think Treyarch knew that they were going to, that you know, they needed to support this, so they put the zombies in the Vanguard. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. I also, I really like the um, the World War II guns. Like, I think that's fun, too. The World you, War, oh, man, yes. That's, that's something that's really fun, especially when you're playing zombies man it just feels mm-hmm. like it's just, i mean feels, that's the original man. it feels like they're really, like i'm playing on a laptop in middle school like when i first got introduced <laughs> to call of duty it's it's an experience yeah that's the awesome. multiplayer has been as toxic as ever it's what you would expect from call of duty oh man i jumped into the old when they announced the new modern warfare i jumped into the old one for a little bit and i was just like i had like i don't know for whatever reason like i when i played it I muted everybody in in the lobby and I just forgot that you had to like do that manually every time you're in. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, like I can't believe like, I, I was just like blown away. People were just saying some like the most gruesome, horrific things you hear. And I was just like, no, thank you. So, <laughs> but Hey, I guess that's Call of Duty. I hope that they get better with that um, in the future, you know, but yeah. I mean, everybody should have a good experience with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's something, truthfully, like when I was a kid and in middle school and high school, like, didn't bother me. But now that I'm out of that a little bit and I've, I've matured, I just don't, I don't fuck with that at all. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm actually, Brandon, to tell you the truth, man, I feel like I might not even enjoy the multiplayer of COD as much as I used to. And I think maybe why I'm like leaning more towards the zombies is that i don't know just like with everything that's happened in our world you know in the past year or two like i just feel gross like popping heads you know yeah in this like hyper and like things are getting more realistic than ever no yeah that's a fair i just it, fair it feels gross it feels gross to me like i i played so much of modern warfare the last one and then like jumping back into it a couple of weeks ago i was like i was like you I don't know, like, cause there's also, I had like a gun with pink tracers, like my bullets had like pink tracers. And I, at the time I was like, oh, like this is silly enough, unrealistic enough for me to like, to play it off. And I just like, I was just like jumping back into it. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. Oh, that's, fair. that's a good point. It definitely is. Yeah, it's just something to think about. I, I feel like maybe, maybe we've changed a little bit. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think? You think we've changed at all? Or have you changed at all on this? This is, I mean, it's new for me. I try not to think like, you know, about <laughs> that's, you know, think about, yeah, because it's a lot. It's, if you start thinking that way, you could go down a really dark road. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, it's just an argument that's always been there for me. For me. Like my mom, when I first wanted to play these games, she would always bring up this stuff. Like, no, well, I guess I'm not really even saying it to- like in that way. No, 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 no. I honestly, I never feel like any violent after this. What I'm trying to say is like, I just don't want to ingest like graphic shit anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's fair. Like, that's I, fair. I mean, you don't for, have to worry about me. me like, I don't really <laughs> mind it though, because mm-hmm. like I've been watching the boys, and that's pretty graphic. It's just like everything mm-hmm. is graphic right now. But like, yeah, I see what you mean from like that aspect. You know, it's not graphic. Just thinking about like a school shooting like that. Yeah, no, that's I mean, like that's... when you start to think about that and just p- playing a video game, like it's just like it feels wrong, you know. And from that aspect, I yeah. get it. Yeah, no, I mean it's like super graphic, and I so, I don't really think that that leads to anything like that. Like I'm and like, and I feel like clear, I like, feel like, like if I, you're in that headspace, you definitely should not be playing a shooter yeah. in general or a violent game in general. You should probably go play some Minecraft or something. <laughs> yeah, know? definitely. Definitely. I was just more saying like on the lines of like, cause I mean, there's so many options nowadays, like jumping into Fortnite, like it's so cartoony. It just yeah. feels like more wholehearted and fun than something that's like, it definitely does. Know, extremely graphic. And you know, I, what'd you say? Time left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, if you need help in any kind of way mentally after playing like an ultra violent game, like there are, you know, resources out there, you know, please seek some help and, if you know you're feeling like me and just you just don't want to see all these graphic video games, check out a free game like Fortnite, or um, you know there's plenty of other like sci-fi 
and cartoony games out there that have the same mechanics that can scratch that itch. So, do you want to say anything on that, Brandon? Anything on that last last point that we were talking about? Uh, you know, just the violence of of the video games that you know, are very prevalent right now. Yeah, I mean, would you say are you when you say violence in video games? that's prevalent right now would you say like most video games that are coming out now are just very violent you know not really because i mean i think it's kind of just like whatever you choose to consume yeah and like i guess like a good example is ghost of tsushima i loved ghost of tsushima like i i thought that was so awesome i loved role playing in that loved having a sword and like loved chopping up some people and that was super graphic but that just didn't bother me in the same way as like just like a cod and like it's something that's new like it's something that like i'm struggling with now like it i don't know just like for whatever reason now i'm i you know what i think it is i think it's just like the contrast of fortnite's cartoony or like apex is like sci-fi and there are just so many options and like honestly truthfully man i'll just say i think cod's really fallen off i don't think it's as i mean like obviously we've talked about how much we like these games but I think they've fallen off in past years, man. So like, I'm just saying that there's a lot more competition. Like there's other things that you could be playing. And I think that like, personally, I happen to the more cartoony shooters. Yeah. Not as realistic. And you know, it might just be, I'm getting older. I don't have the appetite for that anymore. Or maybe, I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming that's what it is. Cause I mean, I'm sure it's just as popular with, with the young lads, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I definitely think you're you hit it right on the on the nail there with like just your interest might be might be changing because I, I definitely feel it sometimes I'm just like not feeling the Call of Duty vibe you know not mm-hmm. as much as I used to and you're right there's a ton of other things that you could be playing I think just in general now we just have so much more selection we have so much mm-hmm. more availability. I mean, it's a just, great time to play video games. Man. Yeah, man. We're just looking <laughs> at the PlayStation Plus thing, and there are so many video games that I want to play. I'm just like, damn, I can't believe I didn't, yeah. didn't know I had access to all these things. Yeah, uh, definitely, man. Like, there, there's so many games, so many options. and Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely a lot of violent games. You know, I also wondered, you know, something you had mentioned was kind of just like the grind of, or maybe not even the grind, just like the getting on COD and just like binging. And... I think that's, you said that earlier in the episode and I like on that, like, I just don't have that kind of time anymore. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I got a new job recently, you know, I moved in with my girlfriend, like just a lot of my, a lot of life things have happened in the last six months that, you know, when I choose to jump on a game, like a lot of times I'm going to be in the same room as my girlfriend. So the switch is, I've been playing the switch a lot more than, I mean, I have this like this PS5 and I've got some great titles that I want to play, but it's kind of like, like, I don't, I don't necessarily want that. And also like something that I had, you know, mentioned with like Ghost of Tsushima being super graphic. Like I was playing that and my girlfriend was reading a book and like I had headphones and like, she couldn't hear what was going on, but she was like, Hey, I don't want to see this. Like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and I mean, like, I get it. Like I chopped a dude in half with my like katana and, yeah. and like, there's just like, if you hit somebody in the neck, like blood just sprays. And, and there were some things in that, like that game tackled some, some really heavy topics of like war and like what people will do, you know, when they have power over innocent people and God, some of the things at the end of that were just like, I mean, like truly I was just sick to my stomach and like, I loved the game, but I was just like sick to my stomach of some of the things that they like forced on you. And I think that that's kind of like a commentary on, yeah, war is awful, but also like you're playing this game where, you know, it's super violent, like make you think about that. And I just feel like in that, like very story driven parts, like it had purpose and it had its moments, but in COD, like you're just like, you got a sniper, man, you're just like popping heads, you know? And yeah. I don't know, it's just different to me. And maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe I've grown, but. I don't know. I also like, I don't, I guess kind of the point I was making is sometimes other people are watching me play now, yeah. which definitely has an impact on some of the things that I pick up. No, for sure. For sure. I can imagine just playing Call of Duty in a room full of 
Hey, like it's when you're in your college you don't want dorm to do room. that. I don't want to do that in general. I wouldn't want yeah. to play cotton for anybody. It's kind of one of those guilty pleasure things, you know. It's not something I tell people that I, I love to play cotton. Yes. I'm just like, no, nah, but it's it's definitely some for me specifically. It's a game that I've been watching my uncle play since I was like seven or eight. Like, been watching that game for so long, and I remember playing along with the fake remote, and now I can like mm-hmm. actually play whenever. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. for me. It's just like a yeah, like a legacy thing, I guess. No, definitely. And like, I mean, we were saying in zombies, they have like a ray gun, and like if you think about it, like the ray gun, it's like a stylized cartoon gun that's kind of what like futuristic 50s art thought yeah, the future really was cool. going to be so like you know what i mean that is fantasy and i don't know that is fun to me and you get the same like yeah. shooting mechanics you know and you get like all that fun stuff but it's just it feels like it's removed from and zombies you could even take off the violence too you could um you can reduce that actually it's a fun, a fun option that you could do. It's cool that they have that, but I still like that a little gory. <laughs> yeah, zombies. Is, uh, but yeah, the, that's, you know, the variety and you mm-hmm. get to choose. But back to the fact that there's just so many games out there, man. What are some other games that you would play besides like uh, Call of Duty? Yeah, definitely, man. So actually one on one on my list this week that I've been picking up is the, the complete opposite of Call of Duty energy. It's this game that I've talked about on the podcast before, and I just keep returning to it. It's Eastward. And like I've talked about before, it's just like some of the most beautiful pixelated graphics. Honestly, it's the most beautiful pixelated game I've ever played. And I just I just keep returning to it, man. I'm playing it in small bits. And it's just so chill. And I just feel really attached to this place. And I don't want to say too much about the story for spoiler reasons, because obviously like this game has meant a lot to me, but I'm kind of scared to be attached to it. (laughs) And I I don't know if the game's like toying with me or not. So I guess, you know, I've talked about the story. It's interesting. Yeah. I've talked about the story at first, like you're, you kind of are in this isolated mining town and you're like, it's post-apocalyptic. Like you're literally, you know, in a town, like a place where there's like a hundred people and it's, you know, it's underground. Like you've never seen the outside and eventually like the story progresses and you have to go out in this great big world. That's scary, full of like post-apocalyptic things. And, but it's also, it's done in like just a breathtakingly beautiful way that like gives you hope as you're going on. And then, like terrible calamities keep happening and they seem to follow you and you get to this new place called new dam city and new dam city is like the biggest city and it's built on a dam and it's just being in this setting in this place is just so peaceful it's so fun you get to talk to the characters like it's truly beautiful and you get like you do get taken on some fetch quests but the fetch quests are interesting I mean, like, it doesn't hide the fact that it's a fetch quest, but if you take it in the small bits like I have been, it's been very tolerable and it's been very, you know, peaceful to return to and just be like, okay, I'm just going to do the next fetch quest. And, you know, you do that and you just get more and you get to see more of this, you know, this beautiful place. And this is, this in Ali Ali world, I wish I had a capture card to be able to like take screenshots and videos of the switch because I just like, Ali Ali world is very visually distinct, but this is just like, it's just breathtaking. I walked into this new part of town. It's called like, it's like basically like the midtown, like it's the mid level of new damn city. And there's this guy that's like meditating on this top of an old building, truly like with his legs crossed and his hands up and he has items like floating around him and he's like levitating. And that's, I don't know if I'm ever going to get up there like to talk to him. But he's there, like he's just part of the city. And I don't know, I just think it's so cool that like so much detail went into these like small objects in your own like, interacting with once or maybe like you never even interact with. Like there's no staircase up to this guy. Maybe I'll get to talk to him, maybe not. I mean, it's definitely interesting that he's there. It's caught my eye, caught my attention, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get there. And I don't know, man, I just am so attached to this place. I don't know. I just feel really attached to this place. And I really just enjoy being back in this setting and talking to the characters. 
like revisiting it and playing slow. And it was eating me up that I wasn't finishing this game, but I, I don't know. I'm just enjoying it so much. I'm cool to take it slow. Interesting. Eastward. Have you ever played a game like that where you just, just taking it in small chunks and I don't know, not that you don't want to finish it, but it's like, um, I'm okay to only play this for like 20, 30 minutes and set it down, pick it back up. I would say maybe a game like Animal Crossing. Like you're okay with like picking it up for 30 minutes to an hour, just putting it back down. It's kind of designed for you to do that. So maybe a game like that. But I was just looking at the artwork artwork for Eastward. And man, I remember you told me to look at it last time because like that really, that really resonated with you. And yeah, the artwork on this is just so, so nice. I can see how you just want to spend time in this world. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like, you just, they keep introducing you to these like new places and they're just like so pretty. Like new damn city is so damn pretty. Yeah, that's, that is the very tip. That's the first thing you see in new damn city. Brand just showed me a screenshot, but like, that's the first train station that you see when you walk in. I'm like, there's just a whole vibrant place and it's, I don't know, it's so cool. It's so awesome. So if you're looking for a chill game that has like just like tr- truthfully beautiful graphics, like check out Eastward. And what about you, man? Have you been playing anything else? I have. I've been playing this really, really interesting game made by one of our favorite developers here, Bethesda, mm-hmm. or rather publishers, Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And man, it's really, really fun. It's an action adventure game and a role playing game. And single player basically there's this mist that is released on what's what's the game called it's called ghostwire tokyo oh oh shit okay okay all right no keep going man keep going (laughs) so basically it's like this mist that gets released on the whole city of tokyo and it's killing people it involves a ghost hunter named KK and the disappearance of the population of Tokyo. Is it kind of like the rapture? Like kind of oh. where like everybody disappears at once except you? No, kind of like people are disappearing a lot. And you kind of need to figure out, okay, what is happening here? Like, how am I going to save Tokyo? And it's, it's really, really cool. It's like a, it's a world of its own, man. And it, it gives me Bioshock vibes like the way that you play it's very very similar to bioshock have you ever played a bioshock i have not played a bioshock but i i was really into like the marketing for this game and i almost bought it but i decided that i was you know like maybe pick it up when it came on sale so i i actually am a little bit familiar with this game that's how i picked it up too it's on sale at gamestop i think it still is i bought it for like 23 bucks Oh, man. went down from 60 to 23 and i think it's definitely a title that's worth 60 dollars, man because it's just the way it plays it's it's really nice it's right run, it runs on the unreal engine so you know it's so you kind of like you use like magic right to yeah. fight off demons that's kind of the whole yeah, man. And it. so there's this one really cool part it's like super satisfying on the playstation remote where you have like these three lasers Mm-hmm. that you basically have to collect the soul of this thing you just defeated and the three lasers kind of like hone in on the person and they rotate and then like eventually wow. you kind of just pull it and it's it's really really cool just like the little attention to detail that they did with with just game mechanics and, and fighting and how you interact with the world with the environment yeah definitely it's really really fun the, the so- story is, is very entertaining so how do you actually use the magic? Is it like you're just like pressing the X button or like L2, the... L2, R2. Okay. So it's kind of like you're using the triggers. Okay. You're using the triggers, yeah. Now does how does it feel when you're doing that? Like are there some that you need to charge up, or there's some that just like shoot really fast, or is it only like you've only unlocked like one or two? Or is there like a skill tree? Like how I guess how does that work? Like, do you know how you progress and get new ones, but also how does it like feel? It feels very, very intuitive first and foremost just picking up how it works you know you just gotta you know play with it a little bit you'll figure it out it's very simple and i would say it's also like the it plays with the hap- haptic triggers where you, there's resistance it does, it does it gives you that like resistance and it just oh, feels that. all that more satisfying when you're collecting the souls of these beings which are really really scary they they look like slenderman that, that's what they look like and they have umbrellas and they like will teleport to you 
really, really, really dark. Like, don't play. I was playing it in a really dark room. Really I had to turn on. <laughs> had to turn on some lights, man. <laughs> had to turn oh, on man. some lights, and yeah, that's how you know something's scary. You got to turn on a light or two. <laughs> I mean, is it like truly a horror game, or is it like exploration? And there's happens to be like. So there's definitely yeah, so I'll definitely say that it's horror is in the, the description of the game. It's horror. okay. Okay. Now you say you're kind of going around Tokyo. Is it eerie? Because like you said, there's like you're looking for people and people are disappearing. Do you feel attached to the setting at all? Or not necessarily, because you know, I think it was a game that was very heavily marketed to people who live on the island of, of Japan. Because there's just so many like little nuances to the culture that I just I wouldn't get. Of course, I appreciate because I think it's really cool just mm-hmm. getting that glimpse. So it really feels like me. you're in Tokyo. Then. You are in Tokyo in the game, but yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like you're in Tokyo. Like you're walking through the city. It's set in the city, like today, modern day. Like it's it's just abandoned and there's just mist everywhere. It sounds really so cool, dude. It's so cool, and it's on sale right now thanks to GameStop. <laughs> you can probably find it on sale somewhere else too online. Check it out, Ghostwire Tokyo. So yeah, that's Ghostwire Tokyo. That's awesome, man. Well, I've got one more thing for you, Brandon. And cue the air horns, man. This is a new segment coming at you. Season three, new segment. And that's going to be Blake brings a 3DS game until he forgets or runs out of 3DS games. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited about this, man, because I, I have a ton of 3DS games that I picked up uh, before the eShop closed, and I've been kind of playing through a few of them, and I went on a vacation, and I took my Switch with me, but I did not take my Switch out of my backpack. I only played my 3DS, so I felt like I went back in time a little bit, and I feel like I extra went back in time because I played a remake of a game from my childhood. I played the 3DS game Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. Oh, man. That's a... Dude, that's a throwback. I'm really excited to be playing this game. Like we talked about earlier in the episode, uh, Pokemon, the third generation, which was Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald. Those were my first introduction to Pokemon. I just loved Pokemon at the time. and It just feels awesome to get back into it, especially because... It's like summer. It's big summer vibes out here. And I just feel like as a kid, like you just had more time to play video games and like traveling in the summer with my Game Boy, playing Pokemon Sapphire. It just felt, I don't know. I just like did that like for years. You know, I would always take my Game Boy, always take Pokemon Sapphire. And it would be like a name stay, whether you're like traveling or just hanging out anywhere, like in the summer, even at summer camp, like. Oh my gosh, like I just loved having my Game Boy on Pokemon Sapphire. So to be able to like play that again on my 3DS is just awesome. And it's like a, it's a remake, so it's a lot more fun. And I actually, that was one of the first games that I picked up when I got my 3DS. And I played it last summer. Like I started it last summer. I don't even know what it was, but it's like the Pokemon Home version for the 3DS. I started the game over three times, like gave myself the three starters and started my journey with with three starters and made the triumphant return to the Hoenn region. And I just playing through it and I'm having a great time. I'm changing up my team a little bit here and there. And oh my gosh, it's just so fun. It's definitely like that nostalgia trip, but it's also just like, it's just a great game. It's fun to go back into and play, especially in the summer. A return to the Hoenn region. Hell yeah, man a blast from the past man i, I want to just go back into the Hoenn region like 10 years from now and it's like oh my gosh i bet it's gonna be awesome it'll probably be a way to simulate it with my virtual headset just get <laughs> there. dude i have actually about headsets i have a funny story i went to the barber shop recently mm-hmm. and my barber was playing like he's punching the air he has like a headset on his eyes i'm like dude this guy is so cool and i asked him like, what are you playing? And he was like, oh, I'm playing the zombies game. And he showed me this clip where he like tapped on a bus with a machete and he got the zombies attention, which was really cool. He interacted oh. with the environment like that. I thought that was just really awesome. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, man, VR. That's, that's where we're headed with the animated hats. That was so cool. 
and the game didn't even look good. It's just like the mechanic. <laughs> as far as like graphics, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I know what you mean. It yeah, just sounded like, funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the game looked like shit, but it's in VR. It's in VR, like the, just the way you can interact with the environment is like that's awesome. That's dope. that's where we're headed for strike. That's so cool. It's that little thing. You brought up VR twice on this in this episode. You have something you wanna you wanna tell me? You wanna grab the box from behind you or something? <laughs> oh, I, he reached back. I thought he was actually gonna grab the VR headset. Nah, no, oh, not man. not this year. Can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. But let's hope, let's hope that goes on sale soon. Yeah, let's hope that goes on sale soon. Seriously, but let's get right into my last segment here. We'll be talking about a game that's near and dear to my heart, and I'm actually holding the physical copy as I talk about it here, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Wow. It's a title called Returnal. That's awesome. I don't know if you remember this, brand Before you get into it, but when the PS5 first got announced. We were both really excited for this game and we like watched the trailers and I decided not to get it when I when I got my PS5. So I'm super excited to hear about this game. Man, so I, I pulled the trigger on it on a whim. I was just, I don't know what it was. I must have remembered that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I bought it and it's a PlayStation Studios game, which first I was a bit like taken aback, but I didn't know PlayStation used their like- studios to make games too, which is really, really cool. It's like a first-party studio game. Which is awesome because, I don't know, it's just, it really pairs well with the PS5. <laughs> yeah. It uses all the features like that a new game, mm-hmm. like a PS5 game would have, like the tactile feedback. The does it have, does it use the haptic triggers? Yeah, it, it does use the haptic triggers. It, the, um, like there's no loading time at all. Oh, I love that. Uh, you basically have to break the cycle that's the whole point of the game you have to break the cycle you have to fight to survive on a hostile shape-shifting alien planet it's a roguelike shooter and every time it's something new like the world is constantly changing you never have the same environment and you can bring on a co-op so you can invite someone to play with you explore and uh, that's awesome you, you can find a ton of new weapons you can find parasites Parasites will just get on your suit and they'll give you like a boost or they'll give you a detriment. Okay. That sounds awesome. uh, Yeah, it's really, really interesting. That sounds really cool. I recommend Returnal. It's awesome. So so you say it's a roguelike. Is this the first roguelike you've played? No, I don't think it's the first roguelike I've played. Definitely roguelike sounds familiar as a kid. Well, we talked about this, I think it was a couple episodes ago, because I had played Hades, which was the first roguelike that I played. And then I think that I was saying that like, oh, it's like zombies. Because like zombies is like kind of like it's different every time, but it's like the same environment. Do you like you said that the environment changes? Like how similar is it to zombies? Because you also like is it the enemies change? Like the enemies are different? Because I guess like the enemies are different. It's different from zombies in the fact that like there's no round-based combat. It's more of like a it's like linear. It's like a dungeon. Oh, is it kind of like you get to like checkpoints? Not even checkpoints. Like you just, you can go wherever the fuck you want to go. Oh. It's a dungeon kind of, so you can go like. And it's like that's the whole alien planet. Like there, you can't, you couldn't explore the whole alien planet. It's so big, but yeah, it's set on the planet. And yeah, you just keep like going through new areas. You can explore new areas. Okay. But does the, like, the environment of the area change, or is it just, like, the enemy? The environment of the area changes, too. The oh, environment, wow. the enemies. So it truly is every time you, like, die weapons, and come back, it's all different. Change. It's yeah, all different. But that doesn't mean it's going to be, like, every single time. Obviously, like, it's all randomly generated, so like, mm-hmm. there's a probability that you'll get something the same. It's just, just a probability. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. It's but, really... Yeah, it doesn't feel ever repetitive. Or... That's awesome, man. You know, I think that this genre of roguelikes, I think that that's going to be the future. It's kind of something where like you can have a base mechanic, like a base idea, and just add so much variety in it to make it fresh and new. So I'd be interested to see the more you put into that, like how that changes and how your opinion of that changes and stuff. Dude, I would love to get on a co-op with you and explore a bit. It's... <laughs> It's really, really fun. 
We'll have to see, man. I mean, this is so many games. Like the fighting, the shooting mechanics too is like they did a really good job. Oh, that's awesome. I'm seeing how much it is right now. These aliens are ruthless, man. Well, it's a full a full seventy dollars right now. Did you pay a full seventy for it? I did. I did. Damn. Wow. I really yeah. I'm at my wait. I'm gonna add it to my wish list. <laughs> I really wanted the title for some reason. Well, that's awesome that you're having so much fun with it, man. I'd love to see as you play more, like how it evolves, you know. And, Me too. Because, I mean, I actually just bought a roguelike on sale today called Risk and Rain 2. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it got okay. recommended to me by a that's buddy. Sweet. So, hey, I think that this roguelike thing, we might have to dive into this. We might have to dive into some roguelikes, man. We're dipping our toes in. <laughs> But well, man, I think that's, you know, pretty much it for the podcast. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about or add before we talk about some housekeeping? I think think that's pretty much it. All right. Well, first off, thank you so much for listening. This is the first episode of season three. And we kind of wanted to, I guess, like reflect, but also kind of just like chat about where we're at. So first off, you know, you're going to see that we cut our narrative intros I'm not quite sure what this the intro for this one's going to be yet. I have a, like two or three ideas. So me and Brandon are still working on those. But, you know, we've cut the narrative intros for the moment. We'd love some feedback on if you guys liked those or not. I mean, they were very fun to make. I don't know. how Did, did you like listening to the narrative intros, Brandon? Yeah, I did. I recently just posted on our Instagram promo for that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. I appreciate that, man. I mean, I basically like wrote and produced, you know, both of those and just like finding the voice actresses and actors and getting all that organized. You wouldn't think that it took up so much time, but it was just such a big time commitment that I, I mean, truthfully, like I've had so much more time now that not working on that, that I've been able to do some new things uh, for the podcast. So we've cut those intros for the moment, but if you'd like to see those make a return, please let us know. And one of the things that we're doing also that's new is we're streaming on Twitch. The two of us, we both made Twitch accounts. We do have an official Sticky Buns podcast account, but for whatever reason, I couldn't get that to link with my PlayStation. I don't know if you can maybe try and get that to link with yours, but we each have our own Twitches now. And out right now is a, I guess, like a test stream about Fortnite that I put out there. It's also on our YouTube. So it's only going to be on my, our Twitch like archives for a couple of days, but they can get permanently put onto our YouTube, which we're going to be doing. And right now at the time of this recording, there's just the, the Fortnite test stream, but I have planned for two streams that I'm going to do this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to do one where I play some Jedi fallen order and talk about my thoughts on the Kenobi show that okay. just came out. And I'm also going to do one on the history of pinball. And I think that's going to be fun. I bought like this cool pinball game. So I'm going to be putting those out there. So by the time this is recording, there will at least be those three. I don't know if Brandon's planning on doing anything. And you know, our, we'll shout out our Twitch usernames here in a second, but those are going to be also in the description of this podcast show. And we're also on TikTok. And that's really been good for us. You know, we're still on Instagram, but I personally, I'm kind of falling off Instagram a little bit. Actually, I don't really even use TikTok, but like I have been posting and that's been fun. I don't know. It's kind of fun to post on TikTok. You get like little clips of games that we're playing and they're all like under a minute. So it's kind of fun. So please follow us on TikTok if you haven't already and also check out our YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, that would really help us out. Yeah. I guess like one of the reasons why you should is we need to get a hundred YouTube subscribers before we can create our own URL. So our URL is posted in our um, description of the podcast episode, but we can't change that to the Sticky Buns podcast until we get 100 YouTube subscribers. So we're about a quarter of the way there. If you could subscribe to us there, that would really help us out. And like I said, we're going to be posting some more streams there. It's super easy. You know, I think we might even be recording one tonight. <laughs> but also, if you'd like to support us, you know, just listening is, is so awesome. And it really means the world to us. But, you know, we do have a Patreon as well. So if you'd like to support us financially, do have a Patreon. 
we do have a couple episodes, some backdated episodes on there that are really cool. And we haven't done anything with the Patreon for a while, but that's one of our goals for season three is to spice that up a little bit. Do you want to say anything on that, Brandon, or just kind of keep it quiet for now? Definitely support us on Patreon, um, Instagram, the TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're trying to get that URL. And sharing it with a friend really helps us out as well. Sorry, and, I cut you off. And there. just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And if you listen all the way to then, you're one of the real ones. Yes, seriously. It. We appreciate you. But yeah, I think that's it. So I guess from just to reiterate from the bottom of our hearts, you know, thanks for helping us get here to season three, episode 55. And oh, yeah. I'm just so excited, Brandon. Every time I feel like whenever we have these kind of chances, we're, we're always like, we're just so excited for where we're going. But, you know, I think that me personally, I feel like we've grown so much as a show and just as individuals since we started this almost Seriously. two years ago at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about. But And it's yeah, grown so much. It's taken a life of its own, honestly. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really proud of it. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. All right, well, I think that's it. <laughs> that's a wrap. We'll see you in the next one. That's all, folks. Peace in the streets. Peace.